What's up, everybody? Welcome. You are listening to OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. And, Zach, it feels really good to say that again. Man, I feel like a lost dog that, that finally came back to his owner. <laughs> yeah, so the other night, you called me, and you are like, hey, man, you're like, I'm just bursting with college football takes. And so it was like, well, then let's let's hop back on the mic. So let's let's do this. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just had I had this void and I couldn't I couldn't fill it. And I would just call friends and people that would listen and, and just talk to their their ear off about college football. It was wild. I had to get back on the mic. <laughs> That's good. I've I've missed you, man. So we kind of took a very long break. And it, do we get, do we want to go into that at all or, or no? Or do we just want to j- jump into college football? I mean, I think it's your your obvious. We can. I mean, it's your obvious things. Stuff happens in life, and and yeah, and you know, I mean, I had I had my own thing going on. You had your own thing going on. Uh, it's a wild yeah. year, so we just kind of. It really is. Not that we don't love this podcast, or that I don't love podcasting, or you don't like. We have any problems or anything? It's just we had we had stuff that that were at the top of the priorities list uh, that we had to take care of. So, I think with yeah. this, we found a, a very happy median uh, on, on what we want to do and, and how we want to move forward. So, I mean, I'm just glad yeah. to be on this with you, to be honest. Oh, me, me too, man. So for those, so we're gonna do all college football once a week. And that's partially because, you know, ZG is really busy, and I recently started an internship with Eleva- Elevation 5280 Sports. Where Congratulations, I'm doing my own. Thank you, man. I, I feel really big time. I honestly, like, when when I when they gave it to me, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the thing. <laughs> I'm surprised you even answered my phone call. <laughs> Come on, man. That's low. Oh, last thing real quick. ZG, I'm actually writing about you in one of my classes. Really? About what? Yeah. So it's I have to basically write a creative nonfiction story, and so I'm kind of talking about how I went from playing baseball to talking about sports. And so I was like, I have to write about the time when ZG and I butted heads about Andy Dalton being a top ten quarterback in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> that's that is, that's what started it. Yeah, that's. I mean, we all have our misses, and I we do. I was a little too confident that night, but I appreciate you. Um, I, a small part of your your growth as the next Colin Cowherd. So I'm glad I. Could hey man, we're trying, we're trying, man. All right, so let's let's get into this. So on my podcast the other day, I I did this thing where I took a bunch of different college football teams and I put them into three tiers. Okay, so tier one we have the supermodels. Okay, so these are like these are like you really your are Uptons. the Colin Cowherd. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are your Kate Uptons of college football, okay? Like, if you're a recruit or a coach or anything, and you're you know happily married to whatever program you're at, if one of these three schools calls you, then you're 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 gonna you're, you're gonna answer that call every time, right? So these three teams, uh, you can probably guess them: Alabama, Clemson, and of course Ohio State, right? I, I think that's that's pretty fair for tier one. No gripe for me. So I, I had four teams here, and then last minute I decided to move one down into tier two, where we have the Instagram models. Okay, so obviously, like Instagram models, very good looking. You know, if if you're dating an Instagram model, you're you're probably a pretty happy dude, right? And so, but at the same time, when you take an Instagram model and you put them by Kate Upton, it's like, yeah, like you're you're clearly not on the same level, right? So here, this is this is our biggest 
category by far. So we've got Michigan, Texas, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, Florida, Miami, and and Ohio and not Ohio State, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma was the team I had in tier one and was like, you know, when we watch them play in the college football playoff, they just can't seem like to get over the hump and beat any of those teams. So what do you kind of think about that tier? Um, I I think I think basically what it comes down to is college football has separated itself. And I think the reason I don't have any complaints with this is because of how obvious it is. And I could go down another hole as to a rabbit hole as to why these <clears throat> rankings and lists the way that they are. And it, it, it comes down to recruiting. Uh, the yep. teams you, the teams you listed at the top are the teams that consistently pull in the most talent. And then those second tier teams, while they still pull in, um, high level talent like Georgia, um, the difference there is, I think, the coaching and the development. So, I think it totally starts agree. with it starts with recruiting, and then you start to you start to see that gap widen with recruiting, and then you start to see that gap widen uh, with coaches. And those top three programs do the best of both at the at an elite level. And I think you with a, a team like Michigan, uh, for instance, recruits all right, but they do. You can't you can't lose to Michigan State at home. Like that's you can't. Shit. You're just not going to be considered elite doing stuff like that. So I, I agree exactly. with your list, um, but I want to take it a step further. And why? Like, what do you think it's recruiting? Do you think it's ninety percent recruiting? Do you think it's fifty yeah. percent coaching? What do you think? So I think most of it is recruiting. Except, at, look, at the end of the day, if you don't have the guys to win, you're not going to win. Like, like, like Nick Saban could go coach at freaking Akron, okay? And if they played Ohio State, they would get smacked. Yes. Right. Like just because just because Akron doesn't recruit like these other schools. Right. And like you have probably the greatest college football coach ever, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you don't have the dudes. Right. Like we're seeing that in the NFL right now with Belichick and Brady. OK, like Belichick doesn't have his guy and he's not winning. So I think that it definitely starts at recruiting because, I mean, when you look at Alabama, Clemson and Ohio State, like they're usually somewhere in the top five. Usually they're one, two and three in any in any order. And so, yeah, I, I definitely – I think it's more recruiting than anything because even, you know, when you look at Les Miles when he was at LSU, like, he's a not a very good X's and O's guy. Let me, let me say that back. He's an average X's and O's guy. But the dude could recruit, and so they won, right? right. So I, I think it's more recruiting than anything. And the thing is, is that that gap is only getting wider, Jonathan. Um, I, I know. know. I don't know if you've been keeping up with recruiting. I Since we've – Stop doing the podcast. I've became a recruiting junkie. Like I'm okay. always looking at two four seven and trying to figure out um, where these top commits are going. And the classes that Alabama and Ohio State and even Clemson are putting together, um, the 2020 class, the 21 class, the 22 class, while they're the best in the country, they have a chance. Those classes have a chance to be like tops in all of modern day recruiting. Like and it's three teams going head to head to see who has the best class of all time, so that gap is only widening, and and you know what's weird for me too when I look at recruiting rankings, I see teams like Texas A and M, Michigan, Oklahoma, and they always have a top ten class, but it feels like they lose three games a year. A um, and M's close. A and M is close. It's Jimbo's third year, but I just feel like there's these certain teams that 
um, on paper recruiting wise seem like they should have a top 10 class. And I'm starting to realize the difference between a top three class and a top 10 class is the difference between making the college football playoff every year. It's that slim, but it is the reason why it is the way it is, you know? Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. So here's, here's my third, my third tier. And originally it was like your hometown girl. That's kind of cute, but like you'd much rather date an Instagram model or a supermodel, but I've kind of thrown that out. This is like your Instagram model who got in a car crash and is now in a coma. (laughs) So these are teams like Florida State. I put Tennessee in here. I don't really know if I'd keep them in and USC. And, you know, Florida State has a lot of history. They're in a good – they're like they're in Florida. Like they should be be able to recruit. They're in northern Florida. So, like, they should be able to go into Georgia and stuff. Like they should be good year in and year out. And, you know, they're they're, they're in this rebuilding thing. USC's in – freaking Los Angeles like they should be really good they've they have history and you know they're slowly I guess kind of making their way back I don't really know I guess we'll find out more on Saturday when they play Arizona State and then Tennessee you know really good in like the, the, the early 2000s they've got some history but you know they're just they're not living up to this the, the hype and then I ran this by by my buddy Colt and he was like we need to you need to put Nebraska in this category as well because you know those runs that they had in the late 80 late 80s and 90s they were historically good, and now it's, you know, they're not. I mean, yeah. I don't know what's going on with those programs. Um, it might be time to, to put it to bed, um, if I say so bluntly. Like, um, I don't know I don't know where those programs go. Um, I don't think they're necessarily, necessarily recruiting to the level that they would like to recruit at, but I don't think it's, like, abysmal. You know, like I don't think their yeah. their classes are like terrible. Um, I just I think geography has a lot to do with it. I think I think yeah. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State coming in and pulling from Florida and pulling from California kind of limits your options there. Um, I think the main thing with with teams like that, and I'll throw Nebraska and Tennessee out because they're done. You can put a fork in them; they're never going to get back yeah. to where they were. Um, totally agree. But when it comes to like Florida State and USC. I mean, they really just need to start pulling. They need to start signing more of their high-end in-state talent, and that's what it comes yeah. down to. Because and that's that's the thing. So USC totally agree. Because like, name the other dominant school in Southern California. Clemson, you, you, Ohio State. They're in. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm, no, but that's what I'm I mean. Saying. Like, like, like in terms of like, in terms of like geography, though. Like, no, I know USC. USC should like dominate southern california and like oregon comes in and 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 they're pulling guys out of los angeles Oregon, they have a top three class next year yeah i I completely forgot about oregon and so like usc like they have no excuse like they they just they don't you know florida state can be like well miami is on the right track florida looks like they're going to be really good for these next several years with dan mullen there so they can at least be like well you know like there's these other schools around us who are who are pulling the talent but at the same time like I don't know. I, Florida's biggest mistake was firing J- Jimbo Fisher, if, we're, if we want to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the grass is – I don't know. I, I know we've been talking about how uh, a gap has been widening. I feel like that's how it's going with, with coaches as well. I think you have a problem – you see a problem now with teams that are kind of stuck, like Michigan or like how Florida State seemed to be with Jimbo. But it's like what what is the alternative to have your program – absolutely like nosedive for like five years or sustain 11 12 wins maybe and be able to build off that you know there's there's a definite trade-off when you get rid of a guy like Jimbo Fisher 
who is known yeah. to make programs good and who is known to recruit nationally at a high clip and replacing him with, with unproven coaches. I mean, what do you expect? And I, I can say yeah. the same for, for USC too. I mean, it, USC hasn't been good since Pete Carroll was there. And I, I, I know they've had good seasons, um, but they've, but just not the same though. Nowhere close. So, I mean, it's just like, I know Pete Carroll left for, for the NFL and I know that he kind of seemed like he left a little sketchy, but there's just like, there's just no replacing, uh, recruiters i'd rather have a guy that can recruit than a guy that can coach and i know that's Agreed. not what a lot of people especially in your market want to hear um <laughs> that's right people but, in the south love, love their x's and o's yes but <laughs> it, it comes down to how much talent can i accumulate and and then we'll see from there we'll see from there like there's a there's enough there's enough schemes and enough things that you can watch on film that if you have talent you can you can overcome your shortcomings as a coach I don't know. That's yep, just totally agree. Thing. And even in you don't even like your head coach has to be a, a good recruiter because you can get coordinators that are that are brilliant, right? Like look at LSU last year. You know, Co- Coach O, really good recruiter. Obviously, LSU's not very good this year, but his he had two of the best coordinators in the country, and like that's why they won. It wasn't because because Coach O was great. It's because he had two great coordinators who were great with the X's and O's. And like I hate to go back to this because I, I think anybody that's listening to this knows the the side of the coin I'm on with this, but like those elite programs, those three you mentioned, um, they do both of the things that we're talking about at the highest level. Like yep. they accumulate talent and then they develop that talent into NFL stars. And it, it, it might be an indictment on the way the college football system is set up. It might just be the fact that right now those three teams are dominant, or it could be the fact that we're looking at this wrong in programs like USC and Florida state and Michigan and Florida and Auburn. And, and all those teams are, are chasing something that's not realistic. I don't think they'll ever be Alabama. I don't think those teams will ever be Clemson or Ohio. Not until, not until those guys leave. Well, even then it's just like, there's, there's so much that has to go right for you to build a program like Dabo's built, you know? Yes. Uh, there's just so much there's a lot of luck involved in it too and you have to hire the right guys and you have to have the right quarterback and you have to you, like there's so many things yeah totally agree so do we want to move to like looking at last weekend or, or do you have more on on the the list or the tiers or whatever no i just think i think it's a really like good talking point to, to i think there i think the list is absolutely correct i think where the where it gets really interesting is what we were talking about is the why and the reason it's yeah. like that um and i think i laid out a, a couple reasons but i'm sure there's more i'm sure you did there's, I'm oh sure i'm th- sure there is yeah i'm sure there's geographical issues i'm sure there's funding issues i'm sure there's a bunch of things that go into it and, and one more thing and we can move on to to the games last weekend i don't know if you've ever thought about this but you have to have a program and you have to have a school, a university, and an athletic director that is willing to say, we are winning national championships. Do you yes, think you the do. athletic director and the program at Michigan is 100% all in to winning football games? I would say no. And I use Michigan yeah, as the toughest example because I, I, they're my favorite school's rival, and I kind of know how it works. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU to a certain extent, Georgia to a certain extent, Oklahoma, even to a certain extent, they are 100% committed to winning a national title. And those other teams on the list that you that you mentioned, I'm not sure. It'd be nice if Florida they won. probably is. Well, it'd be nice if they won, but 
but it's not their main, like their 100% focus. And I think that might be another difference as well. So that's the end of my thing on, on those lists. So I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's usually like when we agree, then we're usually right. That's something I've, I've kind of picked up on. So, yeah. <laughs> so last weekend, which, which game do you want to start with? Uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of pick. Let's start with, uh, let's start with the hogs. Let's get that out of the way. Oh, we're going to talk about the hogs. Okay. Um, not disappointed. Um, we covered, which which was my my uh, prediction. You know, look at the end of the day, Texas A&M just has better players. Arkansas is much improved from last year. I think that you know, seeing how hard guys play is a good sign that like guys are bought in, that they like Pittman and the staff that he's brought in. And I think that's really all that Hog fans wanted to see this year was guys are bought in, and our, our coaching staff looks like looks like they they know what they're doing. Can we admit that there was a massive overreaction to beating bad teams. Oh, definitely. But I also think that, you know, when they beat Mississippi State, they had just crushed crushed LSU. And I think everybody everybody thought LSU was going to be way better than what they are this year. And so, I think it was a fair overreaction. I, I think you'd agree with that. No, I wouldn't. Because winning one game in two years doesn't doesn't move the needle for from a non- Arkansas oh, totally agree. Totally agree. But I'm just, just saying that... It's just a thing where I get it. You've experienced the worst of the worst in, when it comes to the SEC. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you guys haven't done much yet. You guys haven't beat anyone yeah, good. You guys totally agree. You guys haven't moved the needle necessarily in recruiting or... Or anything like that. Like so, while we can be happy, I was seeing people say that they were back and like that they were they were yeah, setting that's, themselves that's up to be a, a, a team that could compete for their side of the the, the division. Like in a division, that's, with, that's not smart. It's just it's it's. I know it's not everybody, and I'm just I know I'm the the antagonist of this story. But let's pump the brakes. I like. If I'm if I'm gonna be objective for once on Arkansas, I like the way they're headed. I like I like the way that they're playing. I don't know if they can sustain it because right now it feels like it's a lot of pride, um, and that runs out. You have to have something sustainable. Yeah. So I think that look, Arkansas fans are excited mainly just because the staff is good. And here's the thing: we've got walk-ons everywhere, which is a problem. Like I'm all for these great feel-good stories. Like you know, like I mean, I was a walk-on. I'm all for walk-ons and, you know, going to these big schools and and trying to hang. But, like, look, there's a big difference between a walk-on and a four-star. There just is, right? And that's what we saw when when they played A&M. You know, A&M is loaded with with four-star guys who who can play. And Arkansas is, you know, starting a walk-on at corner and a former walk-on at linebacker, and that's a problem. Like, you can't do that in – especially in the SEC. Like, you can't do that and sustain and and be, like, sustainable. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's cool to be the scrappy team for a year, but like, let's see, can you can you build on it? You know, I mean, are, are, yeah. are is this just a program that's happy to beat the bad teams and okay with getting crushed by good teams? I don't know. Like, we'll see. I think that I think with Arkansas, look, if, if they go eight and four, I don't. I think people are gonna be like, yeah, like that's that's about right. Like that's where we should be, you know. And then occasionally, you know, you go nine and three, maybe you go ten and two, and you, you get lucky. Then I think that. You know, I think people would be okay with that. There are seven. To, they they should be a seven to eight win program. And exactly. Right now they are yeah. nowhere near that. Nowhere close. Even though 
I think at most Arkansas could win five games this year. Just looking at who all we have left, because LSU hasn't been very impressive. That's a that's a winnable game. Missouri is definitely a winnable game. Tennessee this weekend is a winnable game. So like you win those three, you go five and five, and you say yeah, that's we'll we'll, we'll take that. Okay, that 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 was the Arkansas talk for the day. <laughs> is that uh, is that fair though? Those 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 three games, like would you yeah, say that those I, games are definitely winnable? I think so, but uh, again. Uh, that doesn't move the needle. You beating. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. But I think that going from a place of not winning an SEC game for two years and then winning five in one year, that's that's. I think like that's definitely some pretty good improvement. And I think that's all that Arkansas fans are really looking for this year. That's fair. And and the SEC is weird this year. Um, obviously, with it's with it's down. It's not very good. No. Um, and that's okay. That happens. Um, but like this is a year where. You would expect uh, a team that's supposed to take the leap to take the leap. So if they could get the five, I mean that's a win. That's you take that yeah, after, totally after agree. the last couple of years. So totally I want to talk about another SEC team really quick. Just really just touch on it very briefly. Georgia. What do we think of Georgia? Okay. So can I save my my Georgia stuff for when we talk uh, the Georgia Florida game this weekend? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Because I've 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 got a lot on Georgia that I'd like to unpack. Okay, we'll, we'll move on from there. And there's two teams, um, two non-Power 5 teams that are making some noise in the polls. Um, there are, there are, yes. yes. You see the Bearcats and BYU. Um, do, yeah. we, do we realistically see them having a shot to sneak into that four seed, or are we just overreacting to some teams not playing enough games yet? And uh, Do you think it's possible? So I think Cincinnati could sneak in. I think that they're definitely the best group of six school that we've seen. And here, here's here's the reason why I say that. Can you tell me who the fourth best team is in the country? Because I, I can't tell you. Um, I would say I, I mean, Notre Dame right now. Really? See, I, I'm not – maybe it's just because it's Notre Dame and every time that, that they get ranked really high and they play a good opponent, they get, they get torched. And I don't think they beat Clemson this weekend, despite Clemson not having Trevor Lawrence. And I think, I think the committee is going to look at that and be like, well, maybe they're really like not that good, you know. And then, you know, Cincinnati's out here crushing people like week in and week out. And so like, I, I could definitely see a scenario where where Cincinnati gets in. Yeah, and I think we talked about this over text. We we kind of I think it was uh, last weekend or the weekend after that, but we kind of struggled with uh, who was gonna who was gonna sneak into that fourth spot and. Like two dumbasses, we said Oklahoma State, knowing they'll probably lose three games this year. <laughs> like, yeah, they, we, they they lost to Texas. Yeah, we I, we were dumb with that, but I think I think right now it's it's Notre Dame. I think college football landscape is different than other years because it like, is. There's just so much happening. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame beats Clemson either time. Um, so I think yeah. the question is, I think Notre Dame wins out minus the Clemson games. I think Cincinnati wins out. I think there's a chance BYU wins out. Um, the only thing is, is, is there going to be a, a one-loss Pac-12 champion? You know, we don't know that yet. Um, we don't know whether or not Georgia can beat Alabama uh, in they the can't. SEC title game. Not looking like they can. Um, but, yeah, they, I think – Go ahead. They Georgia has to beat Florida first. I don't even know if that's going to happen, to be honest. Right. So, there, there's toss-ups there. I think Cincinnati definitely has a – 
they have a path. I don't know how big the path is. I don't know how wide the path is, but I think they do have a path. Um, the only thing is, is if do they get does an undefeated Cincinnati team get in over a one loss Pac-12 team? Probably not. Do they get in over a two loss Notre Dame team? Probably. So I don't know. It's oh just, yes. It's just uh, it would be weird to see a a, a group of sixteen make the football play, college football playoff, but at the same time, Cincinnati is legit. I don't know if you've watched them play, um, but I, I watched I watched them play SMU. I, that, I think that was last week, two weekends ago. Last week, yeah. And they tore, crushed them. Like it wasn't even close. I don't know how their defense would hold up against uh, a playoff team. I don't think anybody's. But defense they can is, score. I don't think anybody's defense is holding up against any of the team, the top three teams. But it just it just matters if they can score with them. And the way that Desmond Ritter's playing uh, at quarterback, being able to run the ball more efficiently, being able to throw more efficiently, more downfield. Um, I'm not saying that I'm I'm like I think they're one of the best teams in the country, but they yeah. have a shot. They do have a they shot. They do. And look, okay, so this is these conversations have come up before, and I'm about to kind of pivot on you here. But if there is any year to expand the college football playoff, it is this year. Like, let's let's go to eight teams because look, it's going to be hard to judge the Pac-12 against a team from the SEC because the SEC is playing ten games and the Pac-12 is only playing seven, right? And it's going to be hard to to judge like a one loss big Big Ten team to a team, you know, in the ACC who's played 12 games. You know, just because of, like, the game difference and there's no, like, non-conference stuff. So, like, I feel like like preseason polls matter even more this year than ever because, I mean, look, like, let's be honest. Each each conference this year probably has two teams that are really good. You know, like, you well, know, the Big Ten. Big has Ten. One. They have one. Everybody else is pretty much yeah. done. Yeah. And, but, like, the ACC has Notre Dame and Clemson. And... You know, the SEC has Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. To, Florida and Georgia to a certain extent. And then the Pac-12, I don't even know what's going to happen out Oregon. there. Oregon's had, Oregon's had so many guys opt out, though. I don't even know how good they're going to be. Right? So, I just think that, like, there's any year for them, for them to expand it. It's this year. We can put, you know, the, the winner of each, of, each, of each conference in, and then we can have our, our three at large. And you can put in Cincinnati, right? And you could put in a team like A&M, who's going to go probably 9-1, and their one loss be a really bad loss to Alabama. So it's just, I feel like if there's any year to expand it, it's this year, because those non-conference games are so important in measuring, like, how the teams across conferences compete against each other. Yeah, and I remember we were talking about possibility of, of the non-conference games and how what they meant for a COVID year. And I, if I remember correctly, we put a pretty big emphasis on those non-conference games as, as it comes down we to did. The, because we, we knew, we kind of had this insight that something like this could be possible, um, where things were weird and we didn't really have a grasp on who was better. Um, and we really put an emphasis on those non-conference games. And without those non-conference games, and, and with conferences having scheduled more or less games than, than they usually do, it, it, it kind of shakes things up. And I, I really don't think it matters who the four seed is, the more I think about yeah, it. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, but it, it is cool to talk about a team like finally it feels like we're talking about a team that's not in the the power five that that has a legitimate shot of making it for one year you know and I think that goes yeah. to your point of like well wouldn't it be a lot more interesting if if we had that every year like if we could if we could pull a team from each conference and then have a couple at large bids from from group group of six conferences wouldn't that make things a little more interesting you basically get to what would. you had you would get to what you had already 
essentially. You might see an upset here or there, which is even better for college football. But you just yep. get to see more teams compete for a national title. And I think that's that's better uh, than the current system, even though I'm not going to sit here and act like we're going through teams that are mediocre in terms of, yeah. the, like, you know, but it would be more entertaining. And at the same time, the NCAA would get more of what it wants. Money, because they yeah. play more games. And, right. like, that's that's why I'm still surprised that they haven't at least haven't at least gone to, like, six teams or something. But can we, we'll can we talk – it should. It, it needs to happen. So can we can we talk about Texas beating uh, Oklahoma State? Do, do we want to talk about that game at all? Uh, I mean, Tom Herman, he's losing recruits left and right. Uh, yep, that toast. quarterback just decommitted. Uh, Ewers, yeah, and he's going to the Ohio State. So it's just you can put a fork in Tom Herman. Uh, Texas was never back. Texas is not back. Oh, they're and, not? No, and I just think it's, I think Texas is one of those teams like we we need to stop treating them uh, like they're college football elite because they're very clearly not. Um, Agreed. And can we also agree that Sam Ellinger is the most overrated player in college football? I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I just I just don't Thank know. You. He's just not. He's just not. The he's guy, not very like, good. No, it's just not. It's. I, it's like I feel like I'm I'm trying to find things to say about Texas, and I think I just find Texas boring and un- un- uninteresting, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally agree. So, any other games that you, you want to talk about from this last week? We we touched on Michigan a little bit earlier, so I mean we can hit on that game if you want, or we that can go ahead and move happen. in to this weekend. That Agreed. just can't happen. That that is Look, that is the worst loss of the Jim Harbaugh era by a mile. Yes, totally agree. And no one, I know, I know. There's been people talk about it, but I feel like people don't understand the state that Michigan State is in right now. Their program, it is in absolute rebuild. They, their coach gave up two years ago and then just quit. Didn't recruit well. Doesn't have very much talent on the roster. New coach, new system, no training camp, no off season. Coaches brought in late, right? Like and you go in, like hired towards the end of the cycle. Yeah, like it's just it's 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 unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. It's a fireable offense. <laughs> yeah, and so the people who knock Harbaugh for not beating Ohio State can just they they should be quiet because look, like nobody beats Ohio State. It just doesn't really happen unless you're Clemson or Alabama. But you, you got to beat Michigan State. Like I mean, that's that's like the minimum. Okay, like the the expectation. Was this year was for Michigan to lose one game? That one game was going to be to Ohio State, and they were going to beat everybody else. And it's it's I mean it's not going to happen now. And I don't think they'll fire him just because who do you go hire? And I think that that's that's the number one thing for me whenever you talk about firing a coach is who who are you going to go get? Because like if it's not going to be an upgrade, then there's no point in firing the guy that you have. Yeah, and it, it, people don't act like this is just a blip on the radar that Michigan State beat them. They. Yeah, this this happens. Like, like this has happened a year in year out against Harbaugh. Like yeah, that's a thing. Like Michigan State technically is the best program in Michigan. If we're just going off head to head, if we're just going off head to head, like and it shouldn't even be close. Yeah, and here here's the thing. So l- l- let me pull up real quick. I want to be sure that that I that I get the guy's name right. But there's a starting linebacker from Michigan State who played football. In Michigan, literally across the street from the big house. Let me find his name. He dominated. Um, 
Noah Harvey, I believe, is the guy that I'm talking about. He had 11 tackles, uh, a tackle and a half for, for loss, and just absolutely dominated. Like, like you, you like hardball. Like you, you have you have to go get that guy. He was like he's like a four star guy. He's literally in Ann Arbor, and you let Michigan State come in and take him. And he's got he's got some guys in Michigan right now that are looking that are about to flip to Ohio. It's just it's not good and. It's not. It's bad. The Michigan, the Michigan program is is right in that little like decision making time where it's like, do we want to, do we want to absolutely Brady hoke this thing and tear it down and rebuild it, or are we happy with nine to eleven wins a year and losing to our rival every single year? And that's the question you Michigan if fans you're Michigan, have to ask yourself. If you're Michigan, that's that's I think that's the best you can ask for though, because they're like Michigan thinks that. Thinks that they're on the same level with Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson, but they're not. Like they're just not, and that's like that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And they just have to accept that they're not on the same level. And so like they should they should live with 10, 11 wins a year, and and you lose to Ohio State, and you go play in a really good bowl game. Yeah, I mean, but let's let's beat Michigan State though. Like we we can do all yeah, that, but we, totally we got to beat Michigan State in twenty twenty. Totally agree. T- totally with you on that. All right. So well, let's let's move, move in, in into this weekend. Yeah. So, do you want to start with Notre Dame and Clemson, or do you want to start with Florida Georgia? What's your game of the week? My game of the week is Florida Georgia because honestly, so if if Trevor Lawrence was to play in this Notre Dame game, I believe Clemson would win by at least thirty. Because he's not playing, I think Clemson's going to win by twenty. Yeah. I I, I like I mean. And I know, like, if Notre Dame wanted a shot at beating them, they would have needed needed to have played them last week, when it's it's a new freshman quarterback, it's his first start, he's a little jittery, you know, people are kind of unsure, but he's had a whole week now having having played an actual game, they kind of know what he's comfortable doing now in live in, in like a live scenario, so they're gonna be able to, to tailor the offense more to DJ's liking. DJ's his first name. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. Ugalele, 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 something. Sure. Sorry about that, so, dude. No, you're <laughs> no, I was apologizing so, to him. I don't want to. Oh, okay. We did the two his little brother thing too, so we might as yeah. well stay on brand. <laughs> so, um, speaking of which, he he played he played pretty well this last week. Yeah, I mean he's a five star. I mean he's he is he's good. Like he's like the the kid can play. He's gonna play in the NFL, and, like <laughs> probably. Like yeah. So anyway, um, so I mean, look like. Clemson's defense is really good as well. Like they're they're going to be fine. I think you know they win pretty handily. They're the line is lower than what I thought. Clemson's only a five and a half point favorite. Yeah, I think I would take Clemson there. Um, five and a half seems like easy money, but I don't know. It does. So yeah, that's that's my take on the game. You can you can elaborate if you want, or we can go ahead and get into Florida Georgia because I think you would agree like that is the game of the week. Yeah, yeah, Clemson's gonna win. Uh, so, but Florida Georgia is is the game of the week for me as well. Um, but I'm interested in the in watching Oregon play. Um, but we can get into Florida Georgia first. So, Georgia's a three and a half point favorite. I think Florida's gonna beat them. Georgia's offense is bad. Like they threw the ball 13 times against Kentucky. So, like they clearly don't trust us, Stetson Bennett. Kirby Smart hasn't even hinted at all about about going to going to JT Daniels, which I think they should do. And you know, Florida's defense isn't great, but then again, Georgia's offense isn't great either. Florida can score, and like they can just their offense is really good. Dan Mullen's really kind of got it rolling there offensively, and 
Like I mean, they're they're, they're going to put up points. I think they win forty five to thirty four. It would be imagine if you put Justin Fields in a Georgia uniform and had him play. Oh, oh, very different. Very oh, very wait. different. They had that opportunity. Yeah, I I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> is is that? Is that the downfall of this Georgia program? Are we going to look back and think the the Justin Fields transfer is what uh, uh, like stopped Georgia from getting over the hump? Because I think they're in that category. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think they moved down a step. Like I think when Justin Fields left, they moved down a step. And I, I do yeah. think Florida wins this game. I do think Florida puts up some points against a really good defense because I think, I think Florida is going to do enough defensively to get yep. Georgia off the field and and kind of make this Georgia defense a little tired. And I'm not saying they're going to give up 45 points, but I could definitely see Yeah, a that's probably a little high, but I could see it being a 31-21 game or a 31-17 game. I just think the Georgia defense wears down. They've had to carry the football team every week. And it doesn't yep. seem like there's going to be any saving from that offensive side of the football. So, I think None. this is the week where Georgia where Florida finally beats Georgia and and we can we can put to bed the Georgia the the two loss Georgia into the final four talk because I think Florida wins this game and I don't think it's particularly close on the scoreboard so here's where things I think get interesting so if you're Kirby Smart and it's halftime and you're down 17 to 13 and your offense has really struggled to move the ball. That's really generous to give them 13 points at halftime, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you go to JT Daniels? Like, that's Kirby that's, that's honestly like what I'm waiting that, on. He doesn't like that I, for some reason. He he Look, he wants to stay loyal, loyal to his guy, which makes sense in terms of, like, a locker room perspective and everything and just kind of having, like, that one kind of unified leader where, you know, if you're ba- bouncing back and forth between quarterbacks, it can kind of disrupt disrupt your locker room a little bit. And I think, you know, hindsight being 2020, obviously he, should, he shouldn't have done this. I think that's why he, he, he stuck with Fromm when Justin Fields was there. He just didn't want to part the locker room. So, but at the same time, like, you have to win. Like, you do. And there's a reason why Stetson Bennett originally walked on at Georgia, left, went to a JUCO, and came back. And there's a reason why JT Daniels was offered a scholarship out of high school to go play at USC. Okay, like, JT Daniels, is he's bigger. I haven't seen him play much. He's probably more talented. He probably has a bigger arm. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, But this is a question we've been asking. And, like, we've just – I think at a certain point we've got our answer. It's just not going to happen. And if it does happen, it seems like it's just going to be a little too late. You know, it's going to be a retroactive uh, decision instead of a proactive decision. And that's pretty much what the Kirby Smart era has been. Yep. That with a really, really good defense, because that there's his defense is, it's really good. Yeah, but uh, like any offense, any good offense is going to beat any good defense yep. in college football, especially. Yep, especially in today's era. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So we we can talk about your, your the Oregon game because I, I think who's Oregon even playing? I'm be honest, Stanford. man. The ooh, that may actually be a good one. The, well, the Pac-12 game I'm looking forward to is USC and Arizona State. Okay, well, let's start with Oregon. The, the reason I want to see Oregon is because I want to see if, with all the opt-outs, um, with everything, uh, season starting late, I want to see if they have a chance to move into that um, four spot, you know, because uh, I think I think 
a lot of the times we forget about uh, the Pac-12, and a lot of the time, rightfully so, because they just haven't been very good out there. Um, but I think Oregon has a chance. Um, I don't think I don't think there's really going to be a, a team out of there other than Oregon. Um, I don't believe in USC, um, so I think it's going to be the. Uh, Oregon, if it's going to happen, and I'm interested to see uh, what their offensive look offense looks like, and more importantly, I want to see what their defense looks like because they do have a very good secondary um, when everyone's out there. Uh, I'm not too sure about um, the opt outs in that case when, when it comes to their defensive backs, but if their defensive backs yeah. are are um, healthy and out there, I think they can cause a lot of problems for teams in the Pac-12. Um, so I'm interested in see their back end of their defense and see how uh, see how they play. And that's really that's really what it comes down to to me. If if they can come out against Stanford and show me that they can they have the talent to uh, compete on the defensive side of the ball, I might be sold on Oregon being that four seed. So totally agree. They come out and they they look good against Stanford. You can definitely make that case. So here's here here's my dark horse, I guess, for, for in the Pac-12. Herb Edwards has done a really good job recruiting at Arizona State. He's he's a good coach, and it's one of these things where, you know, them and USC are the best two teams on their side of, of the Pac-12. It's one of those things where they come out, they beat USC, and you know, listening to. Fox Sports and the guys there, you know, Joel Klatt, really high on, on Arizona State, and he, he knows his, his college football. And the way he's kind of talking is Arizona State's got a really good shot of beating USC, and then they don't really play anybody. And then Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Like, there's a, I think there's really a real, realistic shot here where Arizona State goes undefeated and may squeak into that four spot. That's, that's, that's a dark horse pick. Now, that's interesting, and I love that. I, I do think... I do think I sleep on Arizona State a little bit. They've only been getting better. I just feel like they lose like a random weird game to like. Yeah, you know. that's that, and young young programs do that. It's Herm Edwards, what third year there, I believe. Yeah. And so, well, you know, they've oh they've they've got this freshman running back too, who's supposed to be a stud, five star guy out of Ohio. Which look, when you're going up to underneath Ohio State's nose and plucking guys like that out, like that is impressive. That shows that shows that Herm Edwards can really recruit. And so I'm I'm excited to watch him. I wish I had I wish I knew his name. I'm kind of frustrated that I don't. So I'm I'm that's a game that I'm really going to keep keep my eye, keep my eye on. All right. Well, I am mad at you now because you brought up Ohio State losing in a recruiting <laughs> battle to Herm Edwards. Um, hey, Herm Edwards. Look, well, it, what Arizona State's doing really well, and from everything that I've I've read and listened to, is they're really selling the NFL. Right. So. When you sit down with with Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, they're like, you're going to come, you're going to play at some point, and you're probably going to win a national championship. Herm Edwards comes, he sits down, and he goes, look. He goes, we're going to be solid, but I'm going to get you to the NFL. And when you look at the guys who've, you know, uh, the first guy who comes to mind, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, receiver for the 49ers, rookie this year from Arizona State, has come in and done really well. And from everything that I've read is they have, like, their meetings, their practices, everything is like modeled after an NFL system, and so guys that are leaving Arizona State and going to the league, they're they have like a head start, and that's really kind of their push, and that's why they're able to recruit so well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think definitely a guy like Herm Edwards with that experience, I think him having that template is like 
what makes him um, a good recruiter. But when you talk about getting guys in the NFL, the real measure of success of that is the draft. And I don't know how elite elite he can get, but I think I think with what you're talking about, and if I understand you correctly, you think they're a team that can compete in the Pac-12 um, consistently. Maybe not on the national, yes. maybe not nationally competing, but can compete in the Pac-12 and win a Pac-12 title here or there. Yes, without, without a doubt, especially like with Arizona State's at there's like there's talent in Arizona. Like there's there's some guys who come out of Arizona who can really play. And then you know South Southern California is not too too far. They can dip into there. There's some there's some prep schools in Nevada that usually put out some good players. So like they're in an area where they could possibly recruit really really well. Yeah, I I think I think you definitely you've definitely sold me. I think I'm gonna have my eyes on Arizona State Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. See, there's there's there, there's some pressure now because if they come out and get smacked, I'm gonna come out here next week and you're just gonna give it to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think you've given. I think you have given the right analysis. I think you are. I. This isn't one of those things where I'm like, "Holy crap, Jonathan! What the hell are you talking about?" This. You, this actually okay. makes sense. Okay, that, that I makes haven't me feel had a much bit of that. I haven't. We haven't had much of that. This. I think. I think we agree on college At football all. a lot. Yeah, we we do. So, I, I have a question for you. You being up there in the north with the Big Ten. Okay. If Indiana comes out and beats Michigan on Saturday, what? What changes on your perspective of of Indiana? Um, not much. Um, I think they do have a pretty decent quarterback. They probably have a top three quarterback in the Big Ten and maybe four. I think it's definitely Justin Fields, then Graham Mertz, but he can't play, and then probably Michael Penix Jr. for Indiana. Um, he's he's pretty good. Um, I was listening to a podcast, um, a Buckeye podcast called Buckeye Talk and they put it pretty well they said that Indiana is like Ohio State JV um they like okay <laughs> they're like they're like the same model they're just not as talented and not as sustainable and not as good um so I I think in a year where it looks like every conference is down um for the most part um I think that Indiana has a chance to like at least maybe win you maybe only lose one or two games. I think if they get past Michigan here, they're they're going to lose to Ohio State, and that gives them a loss. Um, I could see them losing uh, somewhere else down the line too. But if they beat Michigan at home, if they beat them pretty good, and it looks like they they control the football game, I think then we can start to to pivot and, and start talking about Indiana. Um, I've just seen this story before uh, with Big Ten teams. You know, this seems like a like a classic Iowa situation or like. You know, like a yeah. team that looks good at, at first, and then we realize what, what they are. So let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna cool the Jets on Indiana. I know there's some people high up here in the Big Ten country on them. Um, I'm gonna cool the Jets on them and just say, um, let's wait and find out. I don't have a big blazing take on them, but I do think I do think they'll fall back to earth at some point. They definitely lose to Ohio State, so we'll just have to see. Okay, and then one one more team, and then. Yeah, you can go where we can go wherever from here. So Wisconsin's only played one game, and they looked really good in that one game that they played. Obviously, you know they're battling some COVID stuff. You know, I mean, look, like they haven't. I believe that they're ranked number nine right now in the AP poll. So obviously, people think that they're good. You know, their redshirt freshman quarterback looked really good. Your take on them? Because it was weird, you know, seeing a quarterback for Wisconsin come out and, and throw it throw it really really well. So kind of. Give me your your take on them, uh, even though we haven't seen too too much from them. 
Well, first of all, they got their game this weekend canceled against Purdue, which means that of the eight games they were supposed to play, nine technically, um, they have two games just absolutely wiped out, which hurts them, obviously. Um, those games can't be rescheduled, whatever. And I, I think that, for the most part, I think that puts a nail in the coffin for them. Um, I think there's yeah. a scenario where they still can win the Big Ten West. Um, but Graham Mertz is the real deal. And anybody in the Big Ten He's West, good. anybody in the Big Ten West, seeing this uh, this year doesn't count as eligibility for him. I mean, I think you should be definitely, definitely worried about Wisconsin taking a turn up, uh, especially with having a quarterback like that. He's good. Wisconsin's going to be good uh, with him behind center. But as it pertains to this year, um, I think the the whole thing with with COVID and games getting canceled kind of kind of puts them on a back seat whether or not they come back out and play well. Um, it's just not a big enough sample size. I think they need to have six games um, played in order to qualify for postseason play. And right now that's up in the air. So Wisconsin's good. And if Wisconsin ever gets back on the field and has a chance to compete, I think they have a chance to, to compete with a team like Ohio State in a Big Ten title game. I know that's wow. high praise. Okay. I don't that think is they, high praise. I don't think they win the game. I think, I think I don't either. I think it goes very similar to last year's Big Ten championship game, um, where Ohio State could get punched in the mouth, but ultimately talent overrides. Um, but but yep. no, Wisconsin, Wisconsin when healthy and when playing is is definitely I think two A two B with Penn State in the conference. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a very fair assessment of them. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's all I've got. Is there any other game that you're like, yeah, let's talk about that, or just any other team in general, really? No, I mean I think I think we covered the big ones for for this week, and then we 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 will just see on on some of these teams, like you know Cincinnati plays Houston. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the Michigan Indiana game, Texas A and M. You know, let's see if they can keep it going. Uh, obviously, we have we have the number fifteen Coastal Carolina Chanticleers playing, so we need to. We need to put those guys on our radar. Who knows? Coastal Carolina sneaks into that four spot and gets beat by 70 by Alabama. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I've, laughs> yeah, maybe. So I guess that's going to do it then, right? Yeah, I, I had fun. Another great show. Yeah, dude. Really. I, as always, man. Like This is the best, I guess, college football podcast out there. Yeah, straight to the, straight to the top again. We're back. Yeah, it's just, that's just the way it goes, you know? <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us. So do we want to advertise our, our Twitter, or do we just want to do, like, our personals? Because I, I tweet more from my personal anyway. Uh, I mean, I, we do have a Twitter account, but you guys we do already. Um, yeah. Uh, OT takes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think we're good. All right, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes. We'll be back again next week, and I'm looking forward to, to a good weekend of college football. Go Hogs. That's right. Go Buckeyes. Okay. See you guys. (laughs) For you, man. For you, man. (laughs)